When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. On 9-11, our nation made a commitment to never forget. Since then, it's been the Tunnel to Towers Foundation honoring those words with action. So many people gave their lives while saving others on 9-11. Tunnel to Towers carries forward that legacy of courage and heroism by honoring our country's military and first responder heroes, people who are willing to die for you and me. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The way y'all beat me up on social media because the Miss Marvel episode is late. One damn day late. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. I normally have a 24 hour turnaround with the Marvel shows. Listen, y'all work has been kicking the entirety of my ass. Okay. I needed, I ended up, listen, Tuesday was so bad. I ended up taking Wednesday off of work and I needed that day just to focus on myself. I watched Ms. Marvel twice. Yes, I could have recorded the episode that day, but damn it. I just wanted to enjoy my life. Okay. I needed to sit back, take a breather, breathe in, breathe out, exhale. So I don't set nobody's car on fire. Like, uh, like, uh, Angela Bassett and wait and exhale. Look, y'all forgive me. Okay. But because I'm late, I got a little more insight for y'all. This is going to be a good episode because my friend Noor over at the Reality Is podcast sent me in some voice notes and her POV about this show is everything, okay? Let's go ahead and get into it. This is your weekly bonus episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick, but most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island, or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me.
Ms. Marvel has the potential to be ranked very highly on my Disney Plus series Marvel list, okay? It's going to be very hard to beat WandaVision, I'll be honest, just because I've rewatched WandaVision so many times. I loved WandaVision from start to finish. I loved the community around WandaVision. I loved everything about that show. Plus, you know, I'm a, I'm a Scarlet Witch in my own right, okay? They call me Scarlet Mitch because I keep up a lot of shit. But anyway... I, this show is great. I'm loving everything about it. I love the charm of the show. The, I don't know. I just, I love the characters. I love the acting. They picked the perfect person to play Kamala Khan. And it's already, she's already one of our favorites from the game, from the comics, from the animation. So like them, they really had to get this casting right. And they nailed it on the head. I mean, you don't get perfect casting like this. Like we've had, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We've had Chris Evans as Captain America. Like, we've had some pretty, like, spot-on castings. Josh Brolin as Thanos. This has been some great castings, but... Whew, this is a good one. This is a good one. This is a good one. I'm loving it. Before I jump into my recap of the episode, I wanted to throw it over to Nora. Now, Nora, she already warned me. She said, look... This going to be a very long, detailed voice note because I got some things to say. She has been loving this show. You know, she likes Marvel. You know, some of the things, you know, she told me when Dr. Strange came out, she ripped at a new asshole. She wasn't feeling Dr. Strange too much. You know, you know, she always here and there gives me her opinion about the stuff, the stuff that she deems worthy of watching. OK, now this one she was super excited about, just like me. And she gave me all of her thoughts, a little bit of insight. Just take a listen for yourself. OK. It's newer from the Reality Is podcast, and I'm going to leave like a super long voice note about Miss Marvel. Um, full disclosure, I am a Pakistani American girl from New Jersey, okay? <laughs> so this show means the absolute world to me. When I watched the first episode, I cried for like a good 20 minutes of it because honestly, because I didn't know that I needed the show, I didn't ever expect myself to have this much of an emotional reaction to watching a television show, um, because I don't think that I ever could have fathomed that something like this could ever exist for us. Um, you know, the story of Gamala and her family and her parents, and even the way her parents talk to each other and the way they um, you know, curse in other language in Urdu to about the driving instructor and just all of it is just such a look into my Pakistani family and I just I love it so much. Um I I just finished episode two. I loved it for every reason. So like there's so many things baked into the show that are very um that are things that are only for the Pakistani audience and I think that that is really special because we've never ever ever had that we've never ever ever had um a television show that told our stories this way um you know on this episode we hear that Kamala's um great-grandmother and her grandmother and the story about the partition and you know, her brother Amr says every Pakistani family has a partition story. And we're going to get emotional talking about it because it's true. Every every Pakistani family, every Indian, every South Asian family, um, especially if you're North Indian or if you're Bangladeshi, you have um, a partition story. Everybody has somebody that they've lost during partition. And there are these very miraculous things that we all hear of, you know, during these the, this crazy time. 
where whole families were split apart, um, you know, unable to see each other for years and years and years, and then you ended up finding each other somehow, you know, children who were orphaned, somehow surviving, becoming adults, raising families, moving to America. I mean, these are, there are these absolutely miraculous stories like the one they describe of her great-grandmother being a little child and finding her way, you know, following a path of stars to her father. Like, again, I'm getting emotional talking about it because there are, it's, it's, it's baked into our stories as Pakistanis and as South Asians. And I just, it's beautiful to see it getting, um, you know, woven into this comic book series. Um, I also think it's really cool that everything that she's talking about, you know, she's talking about this bangle that, um, that her, she got from her grandmother and everything like that. And I think, uh, it's a significance because there's, there's a, every Pakistani girl has jewelry from her mother. Every Pakistani girl has jewelry from her mother or her grandmother. We all have something. And, you know, I have, I don't have daughters, but I have a niece and I have sons and, one day I'm going to pass it down to maybe my great-grandchildren or I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to pass down my jewelry to my niece. These are the stories that, these are the types of little things that they have in the show that are so quintessentially Pakistani, but they mean so much. So this idea that Kamala gets her bangle from her grandmother and it's this super powerful bangle, bangle and it connects her to her grandmother's story and her great-grandmother's story, I mean, incredible. The entire show, this episode, showing the Muslim community, the mosque, um, showing people pray, showing people pray, do wudu, which is the um, act of just cleansing yourself before you pray. So it's that scene with her and Nakia where they are at the mosque and they're like washing their hands and cleaning their face. I mean, these are things that Muslims do and it's it's um it's something I remember as a kid. I used to be so embarrassed to explain to my friends who weren't Muslim who didn't understand, and it was just so incredible to see it in a Bravo Bravo show. You know, a Bravo show. Jesus Christ, <laughs> I just watched Real Housewives too. But in a Marvel show, it's just incredible to see it um, this way. It's incredible to see prayer done correctly um, on these shows, and it's just it's a beautiful thing. The Eid. Um, groups of aunties and different people at the Eid festival. These are just really cool things to see. Um, this guy, Gamran, that she ends up, you know, fawning over. He's so cool, all this stuff. And she and Gamran are talking about this actor and their favorite Bollywood movies. And they're talking about Bazigar and DDLJ by this actor, SRK. His name is Shah Khan. And that is huge. That is massive because they're there you could watch no Bollywood movies, but you're gonna know about Charhan and you're gonna know about his favorite movies and everybody has a favorite Charhan movie and that again, these little things coming on the show and uh being part of the show and being part of like her conversations. I mean, she's such a typical Pakistani girl. It's just so lovely to see. <sighs> I just love it so much. I love the show so much. I feel like she is I feel like this is a TV show that little, and like, I'm getting emotional because I think there's some inner child work happening here, but I think that it's a show that I wish that I had when I was 15 years old, when I was a little brown girl in New Jersey, and I wished that I could have somebody on TV who represented me, and I just, I love this show so much. 
I hope now some people realize like how important this show is. And I'm so glad that Kamala Khan is going to have such a big impact on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can't tell you how many times, like I've always, I've told y'all this before in the past, I've always been hyper aware of my blackness, even since I was a kid. And so there was a lot of stuff that like I had no interest in watching because nobody looked like me. Like I literally like clung on to the X-Men because Storm was black. Like that was it. Like who else is going to, a lot of the other stuff, like they started doing better, a little bit better child, not better, but I started doing a little bit better as I got older, but it was out of my age bracket. So it was like, I'm not interested in any of this stuff anymore. So like, it, it's so important to like be able to look at yourself and see yourself through some of these characters on TV because this, that's the magic of Disney, right? Like, that's what superheroes and all of these fairy tales we've been fed for so long, that's what it's supposed to be about, right? Whew, let's get into the episode because we got a lot to cover, okay? Kamala is feeling her beats now that she got superpowers, okay? She's dapping folk up in the hallway. She's correcting teachers about how to pronounce her name. I know that's right. Hopping uh, all around, hooping with the basketball players, everything, okay? She runs into who will, you know, become her possible love interest, Cameron. Not to be confused with Cameron from the dipset. Bruno comes up to her, and apparently she, like, had sent him this video, I guess, of her practicing her powers or whatever. But all he could see was pink light. Kind of reminds me of, you remember how Monica Rambeau's, like, images were coming up on the x-rays and stuff in WandaVision? Kamala has changed on like a molecular level. She said in the video that she was trying to like fly and shrink. And basically it sounds like copy Ant-Man's powers, even talking to ants. She says she tried to because they're both charming and they're both a lot younger. Uh, People think they're a lot younger than they actually are. See, this is obviously more of a Paul Rudd joke than Ant-Man because we've all speculated for years how many alien babies Paul Rudd secretly consumed in order to, you know, in order to keep that uh, baby powder clean face of his. It's also, though, a comic reference, one of many in this episode, many, because Kamala in the comics can actually shrink, too. It's one of her abilities. As they walk down the hall, they hear rumors about Zoe and her online follower count doubling and all this kind of stuff since AvengerCon, mostly because she's making up all kind of lies about that night, including the superhero's name that saved her being Nightlight. Not not to be confused with uh, Starlight from The Boys, if you're watching that season three. It's amazing. Remember, in Spider-Man, though, this is probably where the reference comes from, In Spider-Man Far From Home, the second movie in the series, what was the name that everyone called that all-black version of Spider-Man? Night Monkey. Yeah, I got a problem with that, but we'll we'll say that for another day. So, obviously, Zoe just, child, just be doing stuff, okay? Side note, I love hearing the rumors in the background because it reminds me that, do y'all remember that Missy Elliott song called Gossip Folks? I used to love that song and that music video back in the day. And them walking down the hallway for some reason put me in the mind of that music video because that's all I could think about. Y'all remember, I heard the bitch got hit by three zebras and a monkey. I can't stand the bitch no way. That is so random. I don't know why my mind works this way, but those of y'all that know, you know, okay? Y'all got a little bit of culture in your life, okay? Y'all know about Missy Elliott Gossip Folk with featuring Ludacris, okay? So I ain't got to explain it to y'all. The cool kids know, okay? Zoe is having a party on Friday now because she wants to, to quote unquote, celebrate the fragility of life, not her finally reaching 500K on social media, child. Kamala says she's absolutely not going at at the party first until she witnesses Cameron being invited to the party, child. 
Bruno picking up everything that Kamala is dropping, okay? And he don't like that. He don't like none of that. He wanted to sing that little Tamar Braxton song. Not my man, no, not, not my man. Or not his girl, I guess, child, same thing. Bruno and Kamala sneak off somewhere and they start testing out her powers. She still got some work to do because that little light energy fist was heavy, <laughs> heavier than my spirit after reading some of these comment sections on Instagram, okay? Ooh, because Lord, I refuse. I rebuke the devil. I don't do it. After school, they officially start training and Kamala, she kind of learns that she really doesn't have any other superpowers like super strength or speed or anything like that, but she does have that light manipulation. She sees Bruno playing a video game where the main character is like hopping across small floating pieces of land where she gives her, it kind of gives her an idea that uh, she can probably do the same thing except not with actual pieces of land, but with her energy manipulation. They start practicing this and slowly getting better. But what's interesting is we get like a flashback almost of WandaVision when Darcy was reviewing Monica's x-rays and how her cells were being rewritten every single time she went into the hex. Because remember, she had gone in there when uh, uh, when she was snatched in by, uh, you know, she walked up to the, the hex portal when she the drone went in and then she went inside. And then the second time when she was trying to get in through that big old machine they used but couldn't, so then she walked in, she was the power. So her cells were like being rewritten every single time and they happened twice. Bruno did the same to Kamala. He looked at her and he saw that Kamala's powers aren't coming from her bangle anymore. They're actually coming from her now. Almost as if like something was unlocked. Kind of like how her uh <laughs> how her powers in the comics, you know, she's an inhuman. I told y'all this last episode, and her powers are unlocked by the Terrigen Mist, but I digress, okay? I told y'all about that last week. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it, okay? I love that Kamala speculates whether she's related to Thor or Bruno, you know, not Bruno, but Bruno low-key hypes her up. And I kind of love that because any best friend would hype somebody up in this situation. Like, you want to be related to Thor? Okay, sis, you related to Thor. You low-key, you low-key-ass, okay? You low-nisha, I feel you. Because my best friend, Fanna, she Fanna. Oh, go best friend, that's my best friend, that's my best friend. Now, this next scene... I haven't heard anything anybody say like this, what I'm about to say, but I've seen people speculate about this one scene in numerous different ways, but I'm going to actually take it a different way. They take a second to look at the writing on the bangle and they can't figure out what language it is. Kamala guesses maybe Urdu or maybe Arabic. Now let's pause for a minute. This scene should remind MCU fans, or at least I thought it would remind MCU fans of another another artifact that we recently examined by some of the best minds in the MCU, but they couldn't figure it out. Do y'all remember what it was? It was the Ten Rings in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. See, in the post credit scene, Wong went to get Shang and Katie, and they, uh, you know, he brings them back to Bleecker Street, and they examine the rings. They can't figure out what the hell's going on, though. But that's not where uh, just Bruce Banner was, but also Captain Marvel. Why she was there? Because she's been all over the galaxy, all over the universe. So she's seen different languages, different people, different everything. Of all of the languages, they couldn't figure out what the writing was on the Ten Rings. So, are the Ten Rings and the Bangle connected? I don't know. Only time will tell. But there are a few other things in the uh, you know in Marvel canon that it could be that we haven't been introduced to yet. But we'll we'll get there as we learn more about the show. Side note. 
they come up with the term hard light to describe Kamala's powers. And right when they, uh, you know, try to perfect Kamala walking on the, the light energy, the hard light, they actually make a Black Widow joke, which is funny as hell, but too fucking soon, Kamala Khan, okay? She falls off the light and Bruno catches her and she says, you have to let me go. <laughs> so obviously, I don't know if this is true or not, but obviously Clint has told this story somewhere, right? Because I don't, well, I don't know. Kamala wouldn't be dark enough to joke about Black Widow dying, especially since she, you know, she was so revered at uh, AvengerCon and stuff. So maybe this was just in their minds a coincidence, but obviously it was a little nod to all of us viewers that, okay, you know, there's a little parallel now, but the stakes are nearly as high because Kamala fell like, what, two, three feet and Black Widow fell to her death. So entirely different circumstances, okay? Kamala and Nakia, I try to pronounce it correctly because remember, we now have two N-A-K-I-A's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we got Lupita over there in Wakanda, and now we got Nakia over in New Jersey. They head to the mosque, and I can see a similarity between my church and their mosque, okay? These damn kids on these cell phones. Whew, I feel like such an old man complaining about this, <laughs> but you know, you know us, maybe you do better in social studies if you weren't on that damn phone. My mom used to blame everything on that damn phone. See, one of the older women in the mosque had to take the damn phone from them so they would quit Instagramming the damn service. Like, girl, what? Ooh, these kids in my church would rather y'all know that they're at church than actually listen to the, the word of the pastor, okay? Take your time, pastor, take your time. Kamala even mentioned how raggedy their section is. And child, the black folks listening to this can relate because you know we've had a building fund at our churches since before we were born. I don't care if you are 15 or you are 57. That building fund has been there before, since you, you know, before you were born. Them talking about the building leads to the imam in the church or in the mosque, I'm sorry, telling them to uh, hush it down right now. And then he tells them about the mosque board elections. Now, maybe Nakia can run and get some stuff changed. But even though Kamala tries to convince her, she says, ah, ah, and ain't and won't. Child, they leave service and somebody done stole Nakia's shoes, baby. You know her and Kamala, like everyone else in service, they left their shoes in like the cubbies outside of the actual prayer room. She said this is the 22nd time that this has happened. I, I would lose my damn religion. We're in a recession and shoes cost too damn much to be getting stolen at my place of worship, okay? This, though, it actually convinces Nakia to run and now Kamala is her campaign manager somehow. Later, Kamala's mom... uh. I think it's Muniba comes home and they have a little moment where they make up. Aw, remember her mom was super disappointed in her at the end of the last episode and she gets permission to go to Zoe's party. I'm guessing, which is okay because you know, I told y'all in the comics, they used to be really close friends. So I'm guessing that's the same way. Uh, now actually, yeah, I think in the first episode they mentioned that they all used to ride to school together or something, something like that, but she gets permission to go mostly because she wants to see Cameron. Not to be confused with Cameron of the Dipset, you know. She goes to the party and listen, I've told y'all that I'm not a comic book purist by any means. I've told y'all that many times. I don't mind the Marvel Cinematic Universe diverging from comics and telling us a new story that diverges from what we already know. Because, you know, surprise. I like the surprise element. But this scene at the party comes right 
out of the comic books. The guy offers Kamala some orange juice and she drinks it and it's obviously spiked with vodka. It's funny because like the Miss Marvel run is so iconic amongst fans that I can literally see the panel in my head as it's happening on screen. After this, they see Cameron on the roof of the garage and he jumps into the pool risking his damn life. Now, you would think a normal person that would hurt them or might break a bone or something, but Cameron was fine. You know, I, we'll talk about that a little bit later, okay? This sequence is perfect, though, because of the stylistic choices that's made by the production team because it makes it really look like a teenager that's in love. He asks her name and she can barely even remember it until Nakia tells it to her. Speaking of name, though, I kind of want to actually play this uh, other voice message from Noor of the Reality Is podcast about Kamala's name. Because I think it's actually really interesting and I think it's going to play into her actual costume design on the show. One more note I forgot to add in last night. <laughs> I had thought of this because I rewatched the episode this morning. But one more note is that her name is Kamala and Kamal in Urdu means a marvel like a marvelous or something that is Kamal is marvelous or a marvel. So it's just, uh, it's just so good. I think it's also very important to differentiate between like Kamala Harris or, and Kamala Khan, right? So it's, I think the vice president is Kamala Harris because Kamala, Kamala is a different word in Hindi and Kamala is a different word in Urdu or Arabic. So Kamala, it actually means like a lotus flower um, and Kamala is the word that means like a marvel or something fantastic or something incredible. The police show up to the party and Cameron actually offers all of them a ride the entire way while he's dropping them off. Bruno is hating. I mean, hating. We don't talk about Bruno for that very goddamn reason, okay? Kamala and Cameron are flirting and everything and Bruno is just like being salt bay, as Eva says, dabbing salt all over the situation. I love this though. Like I love this little scene because it's really two people connecting on a level that Bruno really couldn't because they're talking about Bollywood. They're talking about music and other stuff that Bruno, you know, only knows peripherally through his friendship with Kamala. They get out of the car and he actually gives her his number. You better pull him, Mala. I know that's right. You better pull him. Okay. Since we're getting him as a character on the show now, let me give y'all a little bit of kind of background on Cameron in the comics. See, Cameron, like Kamala, is an inhuman. I don't want to ruin anything, so I won't say too much about him, though. But I'm guessing this is going to be a twist that, like, we could get on the show. Not that he's an inhuman, but, you know, that uh, he has powers of some sort. He's a character named New Human, N-U-Human. The character ends up, though, like kidnapping Kamala to take another, uh, take him to another character named Lineage, who is also like this big crime family boss. See, that's all you really need to know about him because, uh, I don't know, by the way this episode ending, I'm assuming that this is going to be changed a little bit. It kind of feels like they may be kidnapping her, I don't know, to take her to see what's, you know, crack a lead time, or maybe by the end of the series she'll get kid. I don't know. It seems like something, though, but that damn Cameron, see Kamala, I told y'all, just because they look good don't mean they up to good, okay? That boy ain't up to no good. You better watch out for him. You better listen to your mama, okay? Keep praying and keep uh, hoping and wishing and just just stick with Bruno because 
child knew him and go, uh, <laughs> he gonna be the death of you. I'm telling you. Kamala makes it home and a super fun sequence kind of ensues where Kamala is dancing around the house with music playing in the background and Cameron texts her, you know, it appears on the bed. The, the way they text in this show is so cool. I love it. it just appears in the scenery, on the ceiling, on the floor, the bed spread, everything. I love the way they do that. And Cameron texts her and says, first driving lesson with your failing ass. Okay, well, he didn't say that. He just said first driving lesson, but you know. She didn't pass that test, so that's basically the way I took it. But he basically invited her, you know, to come driving with him. You know, he'll give her a few pointers. The next day, while she's still daydreaming in class, she realizes that her nose is actually glowing. Now, see, this is a whole new development. We ain't seen this so far yet, okay? She rushes to the bathroom, so Nakia thinks that, you know, she's having a little visit from Unflow, so she offers her a tampon. This entire scene is really something we've never seen in the MCU from women actually being humanized by discussing something that women deal with on a, you know, regular damn basis uh, to bring actual culture into it by discussing why Nakia wears her hijab. See, let's get more real moments in the MCU because sis even brings up colorism. Okay. She talks about how she's always been too light for some people or not white enough for others and how she had a whole journey of self-realization to come up with her self-worth. See, that's what I'm talking about. This is what more kids see. This show is geared towards everybody that loves Marvel, but you can tell it's kind of geared towards a younger age group too. Like they can really get into it the way they can't get into like a, a blade or the Punisher or Daredevil just because of, you know, age restrictions, but they can really get into this. And this is the kind of conversations they need to be hearing. We find out through that weird ass guidance counselor that Bruno got accepted into the early immersion program at Caltech. He would have spent like, he'd have to spend an entire semester at Caltech, but it's obviously covered financially. Bruno is having some hesitations and needs to think about it. I love that when the guidance counselor is trying to convince him to accept it, he references both The Devil Wears Prada and another Disney property, Star Wars. We get a lot of Star Wars references in Marvel now. Fast forward to Kamala hanging out with Cameron, wearing that new shirt. I think it's a shirt. It looks like the scarf that she has on on one of the covers of the comics, but I think it's actually a shirt on this show. Gives her this new shirt that uh, Nakia gave her and the hoop earrings because, you know, men's like hoop earrings, okay? That's what the girls say, at least. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling y'all. They say the men's like hoop earrings, okay? Bruno thought they had another plan, but Kamala curved his ass and made plans to go to the uh, Eid with him. Child, Kamala gets behind the wheel of that car with Cameron and bitch, look out, everybody else. Good luck. I hope you're alive. Kamala was whipping that car like she was in a damn rap video. She was like Gucci Man on the set of Vet Pass By. You know what? This podcast is so damn ghetto. I don't even know why the hell I try. <laughs> this is a ghetto-ass podcast. Cameron asked that girl if Bowser taught her how to drive. I know that's right. Bowser from Mario. Uh, look, I need to know the answer to that because it really was. It was definitely given uh, a scene from Mario Kart, so I can I can understand the confusion. They sit in a cafe and they talk and he mentions his mom who we end up meeting. What? I was going to say at the end of the episode. I don't know who that is. We're going to talk about though. This is important though because uh, this little scene because we get an Eternals reference. They talk about Kingo 
who you know they're talking about Bollywood, and we know that Kingo has been a big figure in Bollywood for decades. Okay, and Cameron even mentions that his mother is a fan of the oldest uh, Kingo. But remember, Kingo has been around for so long that it's actually just the same damn person. He just play he played a father, the son, and the Holy Ghost every time he in a damn movie. Kamala's brother and fiance interrupt them, and yes, come on, black fiance. I know that's right. We love a black fiance, okay? You better find love, sis. She pretended like Cameron was their cousin, and the brother went right along with it because he don't know them damn people, okay? Next, we get this dinner scene with Kamala and her family, and the importance of this scene is we learn about the great-grandmother who has been shunned from the family and the community in Karachi, but more importantly, he tells a story of how uh, Muniba, her mom, missed the train, but she ended up making it onto the train. They No one ever figured out how. They said she followed the stars or something like that. But this all implies that she had some type of powers to get her on that train. See, that's why she freaked out in the first episode when Nani sent that bangle that unlocked Kamala's powers. Child... While her daddy was telling the story, Kamala's bangle starts lighting up and she starts hallucinating and she sees who I'm assuming is her great-grandmother, the same one we see at the end of the episode, so not Cameron's mother. I don't know. Child, we'll, we'll find out, okay? Kamala calls her nanny to get more information about the bangle and she learns that it did belong to her nanny's mother, Aisha. I love this scene because one, we get the, we get to see that grandparents in general just do not know how to use technology, <laughs> and two, she's getting better with her powers because she kept her dad out of the room while she was talking to her grandmother by shooting energy over to the door and making it last long enough to get Nani off the damn phone. When Kamala mentions Aisha to her mother, she tells her to forget all about her because she brought shame onto the family. Later on at Eid, Miss Bruno <laughs> is there in his best and brightest outfit, ready to show Kamala that he can get down with the get down. Nakia is going around campaigning, but she quickly realizes that she needs help. She uh, splits up the flyers between her, Bruno, and Kamala. And this scene is great because we learn all about the different groups within the mosque. We've got the mosque bros, a.k.a. the guys that are flexing and posing for Instagram. The pious boys, who are strictly religious. The Sunday school teachers, the insta-click, the converts, the mini uh, harami girls. And, of course, dun, 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 the Illuminantes. Great play on words. But also... We just saw the Illuminati in Doctor Strange 2, and clearly they don't know about the Illuminati on Earth 838, so they must be talking about the conspiracy theorist group. You know, we kind of see, I don't know. It's kind of funny because you remember, like, Doctor Strange didn't know who the hell the Illuminati was, but apparently they do on Earth 616, so, uh, child, I don't know. We'll we'll just chalk that up as a, uh, (laughs) a black hole in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We see all types of campaigning, including uh, to damn Kamala's dad, even though his best friend is the one running against Nakia. We cut to the Department of Damage Control interviewing Zoe Zimmer and playing on her intelligence like we, you know, see with most influencers, okay? <laughs> Not me dragging myself and all my friends. Look, I'm far from an influencer, though, because I only influence people to eat. Every time I post something about food, y'all talk about y'all going to get it, so... Listen, I don't mind because I, I, I know how to eat. If I don't know how to do shit else, I know how to eat, okay? Then Agent Cleary, which who is the guy from uh, No Way Home, tries to convince her that Kamala tried to harm her, not save her. 
They're trying to get as much information out of her as possible. It sounds like they already know who it is, though, but they just want confirmation because they're like, is it someone Latinx or maybe she's Pakistani, South Asian? You know, it sounds like they just beating around the bush trying to get her to confirm what they already know. This scene low-key makes my flesh crawl, though, and I think it's supposed to because when Cleary tells the other agent to search every temple, mosque, and community center for Kamala, it just, like, it gave me SVU vibes. You know, when they trying to, Oh, it, it's just, it brings back super shady, racist vibes of people's like safe spaces and being invaded by, I don't know, this type of ickiness. I just, ugh, I hate it. We cut back to Kamala, who is talking to the Illuminantes, and her great grandmother, Aisha, is mentioned. And that gossip from last week's episode couldn't wait to mention a rumor that she heard about her great grandmother. They all mentioned her being a snake, a murderer, an adulteress, all of the things, okay? Suddenly, we cut to a young mosque bro in training, <laughs> hanging out the window of a tall building, trying to take a cool selfie because angles. And he ends up almost falling to his damn death, but he catches on to one of the curtains. Everyone hears the screams, help, help! And Kamala runs off, you know, off screen and tries to spring into action. This scene is such like a great, it's set up just so great. I love a good climactic ending. Kamala put on that cheap ass Captain Marvel suit that she wears and she heads towards him. It's so funny because like she can't just like, you know, super speed over to save him. It's showing that like she's really just like us, except now she has this enhanced uh, energy power that she has that she really still needs to perfect. As the curtain starts to tear, she uses her power to walk over towards him with her quote-unquote hard light energy. Child, Kamala almost killed herself and that damn boy, but she manages to save him, okay? When it's time for him to jump off the build, you know, off the energy onto the building, Kamala has another vision of someone reaching out to her and the boy falls, but she throws that energy because she's getting good at throwing that energy down to catch his fall constantly. Boop, boop, boop. He's knocking all the way down there, and he hits the, uh, the top of a car to kind of stop his fall from hitting the ground, I guess. So, child, boy, still got to go to the hospital. I'm, I'm sure his leg broken, but hell, he ain't dead, so she did her part, okay? <laughs> uh, Kamala, she had this vision you know, it messes her up, but it's important to know that Kamala did a superhero landing when she landed on that building, okay? Y'all remember Yelena and Natasha taught us all about this, okay? So I'm really impressed by the superhero landing. We learned about it in Deadpool, too. Y'all know what a superhero landing is. When Kamala makes it down to the alley, damage control is on her ass, baby, like back pockets with apples on them, okay? Because they apple-bottom jeans. Anyway, Cameron rescues her and she gets in and they drive off. Child, the lady from her damn hallucinations is either her great-grandmama or Cameron's mama. We're going to learn about that next episode, I'm assuming. She in the back seat and she been waiting to meet Kamala. See, I got a feeling that this is a damn retcon and she going to end up being a bad guy. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I'm ready to find it all out. Y'all, I'm loving this show so far. I'm ready to see how it all ends. I think I'm going to try to give y'all a little collab episode next week. I want to do, uh, I want to talk to Noor and I want to kind of get, you know, a mid-season check-in and then a post-season check-in. So probably after episode three and then after episode six. So we'll see how it goes, okay? Y'all, I'm Kendrick. 
Whew, and I'm tired, okay? See ya. Oh, wow. You sat through that entire episode? Well, aren't you special? You deserve a treat. Why don't you head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free. Need to contact me? Email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com. Make sure you follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast. That's at realitycomics2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.